All right, so we are live. Good evening, y'all. Is yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre. Welcome to another edition of the Real Physician Reacts. This is our weekly live stream where we just touch on topics that just come across my social media feed. And I was hoping, right? I was I had the mindset because I saw this tweet earlier in the week about this medical student who was deciding, you know what? I'm not doing this medicine thing no more. I'm gonna like I'm I'm foregoing residency. I'm not gonna do the residency. And I was all ready to talk about that tweet. Like I was ready to go. But then lo and behold, a video hits my feed, my TikTok feed of this uh, cardiologist that I followed, and it was a response video from a nurse practitioner who was just who was responding to a comment and just started absolutely going wild. Like that, that video was wild. Like I will, um, it was worse. I tried to look for the video. The video has gone. In fact, her account's gone too. Hope, hopefully, hopefully that account didn't, didn't get deleted. That's what I'm hoping that they didn't delete that account. Hey everybody, thank you for joining. Thank you for joining. Make sure you like, make sure you share. Uh, Cause I think this is going to be a good one. So we are going to be talking about this battle right and i put it in quotation marks i put it in quotation marks this battle of the nps versus the mds now the title of the live i had to throw in the do's in there too because a lot of times like the general public just says mds and i know they meaning doctors but you know when you're a do you're like oh no what about us right so i knew they i knew i knew we were getting some of that fire too from that video uh, but I just wanted to make sure that y'all knew that, like, in the, in the MD versus NP quote-unquote battle, like, make sure you include the deals in that battle as well, too. So we're going to be talking about it. So I just want to kind of give the premise of her video and why I like some of it, but why it went off the complete deep end. And let me, again, let me preference this. Let me preference this in case someone catches on late. This is not a an NP hate account. We love NPs where I'm from. I not only do I, I love NPs where I'm from, I train NPs, I work with NPs. In fact, as I'm as I speak, I have four NPs under my care taking care of my patients. So we love NPs here, right? But like I think there's some discussion that needs to be had because unfortunately, you know, let's, let's talk about this. You know how when you're talking amongst family you could say stuff amongst family but when the outside folks outside of the family hear it all of a sudden they may construe it in a much more menacing way like that's what happens right like amongst the 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 doctors and NPs we have this discussion this ongoing discussion but we're not really supposed to let the general public into our family discussion unfortunately that NP's video let the general public in because she got a lot of people following her um, into the general discussion, right? So I feel like as a physician, like I have to touch base on it because it was just like it was all all kinds of wrong. So the video initially began, and again, I will I will definitely link uh, Dr. Sai Yems, I think is his name, Dr. Sai Yems, MB, MB. Um, I will definitely link uh, his account so you can watch that video so you can see the video that I'm referring to um, where she's just uh, one kind of explaining uh, that, you know, as an NP, she is a doctor. She has, she has a doctorate degree and, you know, she has the right to take care of patients. So let's, I think we should start there because I think the general public typically sees when we, when we talk about healthcare system, we, we know there is doctors. And we know kind of in the hierarchy, right? And I say hierarchy is just kind of the way it goes. There are, um, they're not even, I don't even want to call them because they're not even mid-levels, right? But we'll just call them NPs, PAs, right? Kind of boom, kind of under. And then, especially in the hospital setting. And then you have your RNs and everything. It just kind of trickles down. So you have this instance where depending on the state that you live in, a nurse practitioner may have a lot more rights and a lot more freedom to do a lot more things versus other states. Like that just is what it is. I'm in Florida. 
Um, I believe they have full practice rights here in Florida. They may need some, you know, sign up, but I think they have full practice rights. And I think New York is another one. And there's a few other states where they just need, um, where they don't need necessarily physician supervision. Now, when they first came around, this is 1960s, when it first came around, that was the case. And and we've and you've probably heard content creators talk about this before as far as like why didn't we even like get to the point where we have nurse practitioners and uh, physician assistants. Well, just like in just like we're dealing in twenty twenty three and nineteen sixty we were dealing with the same issue as far as having a, a shortage of physicians, right, like myself, to get into the primary care world, right? Because specialties have started opening up and more and more physicians were subspecializing in different specialties, which left this void of people in the community who needed to have a uh, primary care physician, but didn't have it because there just wasn't enough. Now, again, fast forward to 2023, we are still dealing with that same issue. So this is not a, a new concern, a new problem as far as the lack of having primary care physicians in the building, not a new issue whatsoever. So what happens in the 1960s, they say, hey, you know what? We need to enlist more help and more support for the communities that are gonna need it. So in the mid 1960s, you had nurse practitioners, um, you know, that gave birth. You had physicians assistants that gave birth again, this 1960s, all kind of same time frame, And it's been this kind of, push and pull uh, issues kind of throughout, right? Where again, just like when, you know, when you got a child, right? And you, you birth that child, that child starts growing up, child wants more responsibilities, right? So that's what kind of started happening is that, you know, as the profession uh, became uh, more regimented, uh, more official, uh, more credentialed, everything under the sun, they started wanting more responsibility to do so and they got it. So let's fast forward to uh, this uh, nurse practitioner and her video. Her video kind of, again, starts off saying, hey, yeah, I'm a nurse practitioner. I have a doctorate degree in being a nurse practitioner. Um, I take care of patients. I think she was like an, I think she's like an ICU um, uh, trained nurse practitioner. So she takes care of a lot of patients in the ICU setting. Now again, with, when, when you're talking with Dr. Barry, we're all good here. Like, I'm, I'm right with you. Hey, thank you for joining. Thank you for joining. Make sure you like, make sure you share. Where, where the conversation starts going on the deep end is that then she starts laying into the field of internal medicine. Now, if you know, right, especially if you're new here, make sure if you're new, make sure you hit the follow button. She starts laying into the field of internal medicine, which again, Dr. Barry is an internal medicine physician. So of course, now my ears are perked up, right? And I'm like, hmm, what's she about to say about internal medicine? She starts going in on how internal medicine is on the bottom of the totem pole and that all of the subspecialists, all of the subspecialists look down on the lowly internist, like, like that was like, like she was like, nah, like while y'all are here, let me tell y'all, like we don't even really respect the internists the way we like. And, and mind you, when I hear that, it's not a new thing, right? Remember I kind of talked about how you y'all y'all when when we have family business, you're not supposed to let the outside know. When I was a medical student around my medical student friends. They would talk about it, but they weren't talking about it in, in regards to just internal medicine. They talked about it in regards to primary care, because what typically was seen is that those who went to primary care were seen at the bottom of the totem pole. And when we say bottom of the totem pole, a lot of it was in the, the eyes of pay because it just is what it is. And, you know, we can go on a whole discussion on how people get paid in medicine, but those who do like me, like who educate, who talk, who say, hey, this is what you need to do for your blood pressure, your diabetes, your cholesterol, your COVID, like the insurance doesn't necessarily pay for that. What they do pay for is when I go and I do a procedure, what they do pay for is when I do a surgery, what they do pay for when I do something with my hand, something technical, 
or that requires like a facility. That's what they pay for or they pay the most for. So just the education, the discussion, you know, you're not going to get that money. You're not getting that type of money. So when you think about that, think about the specialties in primary care where a lot of their focus is on educating and trying to get veer you away from getting downwind and causing problems. So naturally, guess what? The primary care fields got the lower paid, which is why, again, since the 1960s, uh, we're in the issue that we're in now where you have more and more healthcare professionals, especially medical students, deciding, hey, you know what? I can't even go into primary care because I got so much medical bills, I mean, uh, medical student loans and undergrad student loans that I can't even afford to do it. A graduate student too, I can't even afford to go there. So you have more and more people, which again, still happens to this day, go into the subspecialist roles and in their mindset, because pay in their mind is attached to hierarchy, they feel that because the pay is lower down here, that people look down here at those who are down here, which again, typically internal medicine, family medicine, pediatrics, like those are the three. Those are the three specialties when we think about it, um, the, the lower paid. And mind you, let me, y'all already know me, especially if you follow me. When I say lower paid, it's very relative, right? This is, it's a very relative term when I say low paid. So I don't want people to be like, oh my God, y'all doctors, fam, I know, I understand. So, but when I say low pay, I'm talking in a room full of doctors. That's so. Let's make sure we get that clear. So here you have this uh, this nurse practitioner who goes off, talks about how yeah, I'm a nurse practitioner. I'm doctoral, um, doctorally trained, which we agree with, which we understand. Congratulations. But then when when you veer off into the road and you start talking about how everyone like. All of the specialists look down at the lowly internal medicine uh, physician, and even her, even her um, example made zero sense because she started talking about how a patient who may be critically ill, how like if you're just an internist, because that's what it was. If you're just an internist, like they would rather have a nurse who was trained in um, several nursing related. Um, uh, uh, specialty, right? Uh, for that patient, like that's that was her premise. It was like I don't care if you're a doctor. Like I, I'd rather have a nurse who has all this training and everything else. And mind you, again, I'm in charge of medicine physician. I take care of a lot of critical patients. Um, I'm very comfortable in the ICU, right? Very comfortable in the ICU. Hey, Anna, how are you doing? So. Of course, right? And again, of course, it's coming from a position of um, a lack of knowledge, right? And more just kind of painting this wide casted blanket on a field of internal medicine. But again, right? There's some, there's a little, there's a little, there's a little, again, there's a little, ah, there's a little truth in it. Not the truth that internal medicine are looked at at a load of total pole but that there is this conversation that people tend to look at primary care on the lower ring, right? And then what typically, what she follows up in conclusion, hey, Millie, how are you doing? What she follows up in conclusion is that it's, it's not even uh, an MD versus NP thing. It's a MD versus MD thing that we're having some intermediate, the doctors are having, and again, she says MD, I'm a DO, so I'm assuming she's including me as well. But the doctors are having an internal battle amongst themselves, and they don't really have anything to do with the nurse practitioner. So let me tell you, full disclosure, there are a lot of doctors here who don't really like nurse practitioners. Like, full disclosure. So we're not going to, we won't even... We won't even, I won't even like lie to you and act like all the doctors love nurse practitioners and physician assistants. And like, I won't even lie to you and say that. And the same breath that there are a lot of, I don't say a lot. There are some, there are some nurse practitioners who don't really like doctors, right? Who feel like 
Why do I need a doctor to do? I could do just as well or just as good as a doctor. Like there's some who really think that. And yeah, I'm not here to kind of argue, you know, whether you can, I, I got my own, I, I tell you, I don't think they can. I think if you're an internal medicine trained physician versus an internal medicine trained nurse practitioner, I think the internal medicine trained physician is going to do better because it's just a matter of training. I just, it just is, I, when I compare apples to apples, like I'm pretty confident uh, that the physician can do it. But again, that's not the case. And again, it's, and it's usually a nurse practitioner discussion, right? Because like I said, I train with physician assistants as well. And this does this does not seem to be a battle that physician assistants are are dealing with, right? Or even have like the 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 PAs versus MDs. That's not even a title that you even hear, right? It's always NPs versus MDs. Like that's always this thing. And again, it's one of those things where you know you see your child grow up, right? Because again, doctors founded NPs, right? There were doctors who said, hey. We need more people to help the primary care world, right? The communities, let's build this program up. So the same ones who founded PAs, physician assistants founded, and not the same people, but like in that same ilk. So there's, there should never be some animosity if your number one goal is taking care of the patient. But what you see time and time again, especially those with that type of mindset on both sides, with those with that type of mindset is that like they they don't really care that the end result is maybe a patient getting well taken care of it's all about them for it's it's all about their personal stature in the world and they want to feel better about themselves um in, in that ilk right so it's always a no i'm better than this i'm better than that and as a physician as an internal medicine physician who again i've done let's see four years medical school, three years uh, residency, I've been practicing. Like, I have a lot of training just in the field of internal medicine. We know that there is less training in for those who want to become a nurse practitioner. We know that there are, that it's less, I, I want to say regimented, right, as far as the path it takes to become a nurse practitioner. And that's just, I guess that's just like common sense. Like, there's no discussion, there's no argument. But just because there's less doesn't mean that they get less um, that that all of them are bad. Like that's not the case either, right? Like I said, I work with some amazing uh, nurse practitioners and PAs, absolutely phenomenal. But like, so so when you're having this discussion and you're trying to have this like tit for tat, like oh my god, I I I'm much better than any MD, uh, especially when the like especially when she was you know shitting on the internist. I'm like, oh, come on, what are you doing here? Like it, it was, it just, it just spoke from a level of ignorance that of course my fellow colleagues are going to jump on her. Like I said, I, I went to go check her account. Her account's gone. So I hope, I'm hoping that she just like, um, deactivated. I'm, I'm hoping they get that girl deleted. Cause I don't want her to get deleted. Right. That's, that, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Because again, she's a nurse practitioner. She takes care of patients. Again, the end goal is the patients, <laughs> right? So we don't, we don't want our caretakers to like feel like they can't voice their opinion but when your opinion is based right and do to right you should be able to be like all right like here's i hear the criticism and like i i understand why i might have veered off right so again i'm hoping right i think because i think the ad name was like dr jackie reed or something so I'm hoping that she comes back. I'm hoping that she was just able to like temporarily deactivate to you know, let the, the storm kind of, you know, die over and then come back. Um, but again, it was disheartening to see that because one, it, it's not a new argument. It's not a new discussion. But again, as as we go through this pandemic, as we go through and again, the workforce is still needed. Right. We're still going to we're still going to have physician shortages. We're still going to have physician burnout. Right, we're gonna have more and more physicians continue to lead the workforce, and if we're having more and more physicians need the workforce, we need people to again take care of the patients, take care of our loved ones in the hospital, in the rehabs, uh, in in their communities, doing home. We need all of that to happen. Like this is a battle that we in 2023 we should not still be fighting over, right? We should not still be fighting over whether NPs right, are better than MBs, right? Like that, that should not be, 
uh, a discussion that we're still talking about in 2023. But unfortunately it is, right? Unfortunately, we're still here, uh, still battling. And it's a sentiment that like, it's still being held true uh, that, that, that people feel this way. And again, like I said, and again, I may be totally wrong, but I never hear this from position assistance. I never hear this from physician assistants. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. I uh, think uh, Coach G. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. I just never hear this. From, so it's, it's always the nurse practitioners uh, that are having this battle of, I, I don't want to say supremacy, uh, but I'm not sure if it's trying just to establish a level of credibility because y'all got it. Like, like y'all, that's it. Like, like I hope in 2023, we are trying to discredit the work and effort of our nurse practitioners and physician assistants, right? I hope in 2023, we also aren't trying to discredit the work of those who went to medical school, went to residency, finished residency, finished all three boards and are practicing. Like I would hope in 2023, we still aren't having these discussions because what happens is, is that it, 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 it blinds us, right? And it, it allows us not to focus on the real, I don't want to say, I hate to call them enemy. We're not going to call them enemies. But I think some of the real problems out there is, and again, I, I, I you know, y'all know me. If y'all, if y'all follow me long enough, I'm very straight to the point. It's all about that De Niro, right? And I think you have physicians who are, upset that they aren't making the money that they think they should be making. I think you have our uh, nurse practitioners, our physician assistants who may be upset that they aren't making the money that they should be making, right? Like no one thinks they're making uh, enough money. No one thinks they're making enough money. Uh, trust me, ask anyone, in, ask anyone in any job, but especially in healthcare, no one thinks they're making enough money, but we shouldn't be fighting amongst each other that's like, that's like when we start picking on the waitresses and the people who work at the bar and saying like, oh, why do I have to tip these people? Instead of being mad at an industry that pays them like two bucks an hour and literally forces you guys to subsidize their pay with tips. Like that's what we're doing. We're fighting over the pay. We're fighting over the chicken scratch. We're you have insurance companies, hospital uh, industries making billions of dollars a quarter, billions of dollars a quarter. And here we go again, nurse practitioners, physician assistants. Again, I, I, in fact, I'm not even going to include them because I don't, we don't really have that discussion. Nurse practitioners and uh, doctors like arguing over uh, semantics and pennies. Like that's what we're doing here. Okay. Let me, uh, let me, let me go, let me go follow up with some comments. We, we do not want to leave our comments behind. Again, I appreciate everyone uh, on the live, make sure you like, make sure you sh hit that share button. And obviously more importantly, make sure you follow, uh, make sure you follow. Yes, Heather, I am a D-O. Let me give a shout out to Heather. Heather does an amazing live Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, oh, perfect. Uh, amazing live Saturdays and Sundays on long COVID. And she brings some amazing people to give personal stories, uh, that I love to see, especially just as a regular, just a human being. Um, but just as a physician who's taking care of patients with COVID um, and to kind of see, and I, because I'm in a hospital, I don't typically see like the after effects when they're, when I've saved them and they're long gone. Uh, so she does an amazing life. So she's definitely someone you to follow, but I am a, I'm a deal. I went to Nova Southeastern university here in Florida. Um, I think now we have, a, we have a uh, hospital in the, 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 the school's name has changed because we had a big donor. Donate some money. Um, I think it's Kiran C. Patel. In fact, in definitely Kiran C. Patel, osteopathic uh, medical school. Um, let's see here. Uh, favorite dog, uh, DC. Uh, Jason, showing love. I appreciate you. Uh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, so um, so this, yeah, this is the point here to me. Uh, and I, uh, Tracy? Uh, yeah, Tracy, I believe. Um, yeah, it's scary. It's scary to think that we have nurse practitioners with this mindset that like, oh no, I'm better than, you know, my supposed supervisor. Because again, uh, depending on the state that you live in, a lot of the nurse practitioners have to work on the supervisor. And again, it's not all states. 
It's not all states, but there are a lot of states where a nurse practitioner has to work under supervisors. So imagine, imagine you working under someone and your mindset every time you walk in isn't like, wow, let me go take care of this patient. It's man, I know I'm better right than, than my boss a lot of a lot of us think we're better than our bosses right so that's it's an okay feeling but to kind of fester that and let that build inside you uh that's that that's bad right and then yeah guarded angel 94 let's let's highlight her she talks about how uh there are terrible doctors and terrible APs. exactly exactly so the fact that we know that there are terrible doctors terrible NPs, terrible pas terrible RNs, terrible PTs are like, there's terrible people in every specialty. So to, so to, uh, to try to have some type of alliance where you're like, Oh no, no, no. I'm only rocking with the, the MDs or deals, or I'm only rocking with the NPs and PAs, right? To have that type of life makes zero sense in the world. And especially and again, this and this is one thing that I always have caution with uh, for my nurse practitioners and, and especially those those who I work with. And, you know, I'm friends with a lot of people uh, in the nurse practitioner field. You know, my probably my biggest gripe is that there's no uniformity to their level of training. Right. In terms of how do you go from being a regular Joe Blow to become a nurse practitioner? Um, there isn't any like like one step body. There's not like a body that says, Hey, this is the path you need to go. Like for me, for me to become an internal medicine physician, I got to get a bachelor's degree in the United States. I got to get a bachelor's degree. I got to get a medical degree. I got to pass not one, not two, but three national board exams. And then I got to go to residency. I got to go to residency for one, two, three years. After that residency, I didn't have to pass another national board exam. Boom. Now you're an internal medicine physician. Like I have to do all of that. I can tell you that that path that I just talked about does not have to occur for uh, nurse practitioners. And even when it comes to doing rotations, it's not like they're saying like, oh, no, you have to have rotations with a doc who sees this many patients. No, it's. Hey, I need a person who does OB. Can you shadow? Boom. Can you, uh, Hey, you're a pediatrician. Can I shadow you? Boom. Like, like that's the level of competency that occurs right now. Again, once they're done all of that training and they get to this, you know, our side where it's time to work, which we train them up, like we train them up very well. So especially if you got good ones, right? You can remember terrible doctors, terrible nurses. So we train them up very well, hopefully. But like what they have to go to, they get to the point to get trained very well. Yeah, it could be a little sketchy, which is, and that's usually my only knock against them. But like after that, I'm like, hey, rock out, right? If you, you've done the work, you've passed the board exams, you know, minus that, you know, those, those couple of schools in Florida, right? You've done the work you need to do to get here. Now it's my responsibility as your supervisor to make sure I give you all the tools necessary to take care of the patient's schizophrenia. Right? So it's, it's, it's again, it's a, like we're, we're supposed to be a team. So, but when you keep having infighting, uh, uh, amongst the team, guess who suffers? It's not the physician who suffers. Guess what? They still pay me for being a physician, right? Whether you think internal medicine or dumb or not, I can pay you very well. Right? But it's the patients who were supposed to be, again, the goal, Take care of patients. Those are the people who always suffer, right? And that that's what it that's what it always hurts me. Cause I'm like, look at him. We gotta do this again. Lines are gonna be drawn again. And the person who's gonna suffer is a patient. Right. So again, just uh yeah. Oh yeah, the Henderson Henderson is a mess. Less ego um with the MPs and PAs. I think it and that's that's yeah, doctors need it too, but like when when you're field of training the goal of it was to be under a supervision again i'm not lying right the goal of it was to be under the guise of the hierarchy right you can't then be mad when at the end you're under the guise of the hierarchy you can't be mad if and and this is something where you know obviously i i try to i try to work with my patients because this is more of a educational thing that i think the the nurse practitioners the PAs need to work on 
especially nurse practitioners, right? Especially if it's a if it's a doctoral degree, right? You want to be called doctor? Sure, go ahead. Lock out. Like no one, if no one should be able to take away the degree you work for. So, but y'all got to do a better job at educating the the public. So when you say, "Hey, I'm I have a doctorate, right? An advanced doctor as a nurse practitioner," go ahead and say that, like because we know. We know that if I just did on like if I got on this slide right, like for example, username Dr. Barry Pierre. If I never let you know that I went to Nova Eastern University, I went residency at um, uh, Columbia Hospital three years. If I never say those things, you're gonna assume I'm a doctor of medicine and I went to a medical school and I did. You're gonna assume all those things, but if you just say Dr. Barry Pierre. But then it takes someone to find out, like, oh, you're a nurse practitioner? Like, the general public's going to feel bamboozled. And you can't be mad when the general public calls you out on that feeling. Like, that, like that's, that's you. That's you not letting folks know, like, hey, like, yes, I have a doctoral degree. Yes, it's a nurse practitioner, but I take care of a lot of patients. You're like, there are so many different ways that she could have responded that would have had her video just like, oh, okay. But the fact that she went in. I said, yes, I'm a doctor. I have a doctor and a nurse practitioner. And by the way, the internists suck. Like once you go, once you go off the deep end, like this, like, <laughs> what, what can we do for that? Like nothing, nothing we can do. Let's see. Oh, that's a good question, right? So, uh, and this is uh, Angel and the Guardian Angel. I feel in these deals feel threatened by P's and MPs. No, I right, let me show you what I, I think is the issue as far as the threatening. There's not a, there's not an industry where, like, there's not a specialty, right? Who feels that, man, if, if I don't do what I need to do, this NP is going to take my job, right? Because again, and again, and that's still, that line of thinking makes zero sense. If you're in any specialty where you, like, the, your bosses, right, your hospital settings, can replace your position with a nurse practitioner, you should not be mad at the nurse practitioner. You should be mad at the system, right? That's, again, like, it's, it's just one of those things where, again, it's one of those things where, again, we're mad at the waiters because they need a tip to survive, but you're not mad at the system that is forcing those waiters to only get paid two bucks an hour. So I don't think it's an issue of doctors feeling threatened, and again, Again, I know you included PAs. Honestly, this is not a discussion we'd be having with PAs. Like, very rarely uh, is this conversation of physicians versus the, and they're not called, I'm, I'm using the term mid-level provider because that's what it started out with. They're not mid-level providers. Before someone, like, hits me in DM and says, like, please don't call us mid-level providers. I know y'all don't go by that term no more. But in this discussion... Just so when I say mid-level provider, I'm meaning PAs and NPs. Because, again, that's, if you search mid-level provider, guess what's going to pop up? So in this discussion here, it's not an issue of the doctors being mad at the mid-level providers or feeling threatened by them. They're upset at the system in general. And guess what? The easiest person to hit are, is, is the person you have to punch down on. And right now, again, hierarchy-wise, we punch down right on the PAs, we punch, again, this are the PAs, we punch down on the NPs, especially when there's a mindset from those, again, lower than you on the hierarchy that they should be in your spot. But again, that's, I hope, especially for my, my docs who are going to be watching this, is that, yeah, and we, we should, man, focus our energy. We got to focus our energy on the right people. It, it's, 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 let's, like, for example, I think that best, best example is the anesthesiologist and the nurse anesthetist. There are, for those who may not know, um, you know, you get surgery, you have to go to anesthesia. There are certain hospital systems where the person putting you under is a nurse anesthetist. Now, I'm not saying that to assume that the nurse anesthetist does not have uh, the proper training to do so. I'm just letting you know that that's what it is. Now, what typically happens is you may you you likely have a anesthesiologist who may be supervising, just like I supervise, 
you may have a, a supervisor physician um, over the nurse anesthetist. I'm assuming I, I, I don't think that you have nurses anesthetists that are running solo, but again, maybe in some of these states, maybe that goes down. But if you ask the general public, would you rather have an anesthesiologist trained physician versus an anesthesiologist trained nurse to put me under? We all know who the, the, the public is going to say. We like, we don't have to be around the bush about that. Like we don't have to be uh, gullible about that fact, right? If we're talking about the general public, we know what the general public feels. So it's the reason why you may go around and just call yourself doctor, but not let people know you're a nurse practitioner, right? Because you know that the general public, uh, because there hasn't been enough education, may not understand that, hey, just because I'm a nurse practitioner does not mean that I can't take care of you, right? So I, I think that's, um, I think that's what it is for sure. Let's see here. Oh, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. I feel that some doctors don't take time to listen to the patient, unlike some MPs and PAs. So I like this fact, right? I like I like this statement because it talks about just the the training and the upbringing of the profession. And typical in the medicine world, right? It's typically very analytical. It's typically okay. What are the signs, the symptoms? What like what are the things happening? Okay, give me diagnosis, give me treatment. Boom. But if you're a, let's say if you're a, now I won't again I'm not gonna include PAs, but let's say you're a nurse practitioner and your training as a nurse before you start nurse practitioner you had to become like I'm assuming you had to become an RN, Richardson nurse, and a lot of that training in Richardson nurse is all about the bedside manner, so your focus was on making sure that you had great bedside manner and to have bedside manner, guess what you gotta do? You gotta talk, right? You gotta listen. And you go and become an NP, guess what? It's not like your training kind of went away. So you may still have an, a great ability to listen and, and, and talk to your patient, especially in the bedside approach, uh, then a physician college who maybe their primary training is like in the hospital setting, they're go, 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 go. I tell people all the time, like I started out in outpatient medicine. And for those who have an outpatient doctor, you know that the doctor you're with, they got to talk to you for like 15, 20 minutes, sometimes in half an hour in a closed room, just like I'm talking to you right now. So imagine how comfortable I am being able to talk to the internet because I've had the training to be able to talk to someone one-on-one -on -one for 15, 20 minutes. So of course, if I go around in the hospital, that patient's gonna feel a little bit more comfortable when I'm talking because they can just sense that, oh, you know what? I like this doctor right here, like all the time. Like I, I again, I just round in the hospital. All the time patients are asking me, oh, do you have an office? Can I follow you up when you get outside? Can I get outside of the hospital? And and the the look of disappointment when I tell them, oh, I'm sorry, I, I only round in the hospital. So I don't, I don't, I don't actually have an outpatient clinic. It's because they can recognize that not nah, this doctor that's in the hospital, he's different. So I agree that there are going to be some, especially for my, again, middle providers, again, don't, don't, don't shoot me, right? Please don't shoot me if y'all catch the replay. Replay will be available on YouTube tomorrow. Don't shoot me if a middle level, like it won't, it doesn't surprise me if a middle level provider has a little bit more empathy, a little better bedside manner, they feel less cold. So I actually like that comment because I think, okay, okay, I think that's kind of true. Don't, yeah, don't tell all the doctors I said that, but I think it's low key kind of true. I'm an exception for a lot of different reasons, um, but I think it's because I started out in outpatient medicine and more importantly, I like talking. And because I like talking and I get on social media, it's so much easier for me to not only talk, uh, but it's easier for me to explain and it's more importantly, it's easy for me to listen. And because I can do those things, and I know for a fact I do them better than a lot of my colleagues, again, not to toot my own horn, um, it, it allows, it separates me from others. So I, I, I low key, not again, not in general, but I can, I can see why that take um, is extremely important. And uh, sh shout out to Millie, we love Millie here. Uh, the thing is that healthcare is a teamwork, and that's what it is. This is such a team effort. I personally round at four different facilities. I could not personally 
round at four facilities without the help of my nurse practitioners. I just couldn't do it. Like that's the reality that I live in. I could not do without my nurse practitioners. And there's a lot of doctors out here who could not do the work that they do without mid-level providers, nurse practitioners, PAs, like RNs, especially if you're in a hospital setting, RNs, the PTs, the, R, the, the RTs, the OTs, right? Shout out to my environmental service. There's a lot of people who we could not take care of our patient if we were not acting like a team. And we just could not do it. The CNAs, again, almost, oh, I forgot. I hate that I almost, I hate that I almost forgot my CNAs. Shout out to the CNAs. Y'all know the work that y'all do. Shout out to the CNAs. So it doesn't make no sense to kind of have this continued, you know, back and forth and acting like we're adversaries, right? Like, it, like, like, because no one wins. Uh, from that standpoint there. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I think this is a reference to uh, NPs. Uh, they have to go to college, then grad school, and take boards as well. Yeah, like, uh, like so do my PAs, right? Like, so, and so that's, so imagine, right? So imagine if you know you have to do all of those things there, and then at the end, when you're done doing it, you start talking to those who you know also had to do that, like they are at like the bottom of the totem pole, and especially. And this is let me t I can I can tell you one of the biggest gripes that you will hear from the doctors in regards to mid-level providers. Again, mid-level providers. Y'all, if y'all on this live, y'all know who I'm talking about. It's the fact that I can be a mid-level provider in the year 2023. I could be in the specialty of internal medicine, doing a great job, doing a great job. And in the year 2024, I decide, hey, you know what? I don't want to do internal medicine no more. I'm going to do cardiology. I apply and boom. Now I'm in the field of cardiology. Yep. In the year 2025, you know what? I kind of like surgery. All right, boom. Now I'm in surgery. So if you're, if you're a, a physician, I can't go from 2023 being internal medicine physician to 2024 being a cardiologist, to 2025 being a general surgeon. Like, I can't do that. And and if I told you I could do that, like, how much level of expertise would you actually, like, believe that I actually have if every single year I have the ability to just kind of jump specialties? So that's one thing. Like, if I had to pick, boom, out of the sky, something that uh, the doctors typically, when they are, quote, unquote, looking down, on the, the mid-level providers is because they understand that they have the ability to go from specialty to specialty to specialty, especially if the, because the pay is usually better. Is who it is, right? The pay is usually better. So they have that ability to go from specialty here, especially there, and then be like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm done doing, I'm done doing this field. I'm going to another field. And that right isn't afforded uh, to those who are in, like, again, let's say, let's, let's, again, let's, let's put me in, for example, like, I like cardiology, love cardiology, actually. Um, it was one of my favorite subjects in school, but I can't be a cardiologist next year. And guess, oh, guess what I also, I can't tell, uh, Aetna and Blue Cross, hey, this year in 2024, I'm going to be a cardiologist. So I want you to pay me the specialty rates. No, Aetna's going to be like, hold on. What is your, uh, what is your board training in? Internal medicine? Okay, yeah, we're gonna pay you that way. Like, I can't do that. So, like, if you had to pick something that where like the nurse, like the the doctors may like feel like a little bit of uh towards the the the, the mid level providers, like I think that is probably uh, a big thing more than anything else. Let's see here, perfect. Um, oh, Doctor Bates, as since you are ideal, do you apply any visceral work to your patients? Oh, this is a very good question. So this, yeah, we can definitely talk about it. So as an osteopathic physician, DO, um, a part of our training during our medical school years is osteopathic manipulation. That was one of, and that's why when I did outpatient medicine, one of the things I love doing. Now, I don't do a lot of it um, in the hospital setting. Not that you can do osteopathic manipulation in a hospital setting. It's just, it, it just doesn't occur as frequently. And I think more importantly, yeah, and y'all probably already know where I'm going with this. I don't think docs realize how to properly bill for it 
as efficiently as you can do in the outpatient setting. But I think that's another reason why. But again, you didn't hear from me. You did not hear that from me. But that's what I'm thinking. Um, but so I don't do it a lot. I typically do it more like with family, um, more the autopsy manipulation. I love it because um, yeah, it it definitely works, right? I, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, let's see here. Oh, oh, this, oh, this is a good one. I, I, I shot it. Shot uh, Angel. I'm not sure if you're MP or you just really love MPs. Um, I think you actually said that you love MPs. Uh, doctors talk at you for five minutes and send you a huge bill. They do not address concerns like PAs and MPs. So let's uh, let's knock out this con like misconception right off the bat, right? The second, right, the second anybody goes to speak to you, whether it be a doctor, whether it be uh, the mid-level providers, right, guess who they're billing, right? They're going to bill your insurance, right? And they usually bill it on their physician, right? It's usually billed right on their, right on their physician, right? It's, it's sometimes there's a percentage difference that's there, uh, but it usually the physician can cut up right off the top. Um, but again, I think, again, I think it may be just personal experience. I think it may be personal experience of the doctors that, you know, you may have, you know, ran into, uh, because again, like I said, this, the same way, if I made, I could, I could say that same exact statement for NPs. Yeah. NPs and PAs, they just talk at you for like a couple of minutes and then they bill you. And then, but the doctors take a, like that same general statement could be made if you made it in reverse. But I think there is this, and again, it may be, it may be, um, you know, good marketing, right? It, it was like, so let me tell you a good marketing thing for DOs, right? So yeah, shout out to DOs. One of the good marketing things for DOs is that because uh, we practice osteopathic uh, medicine is that we're more holistic than our MDs. And because we're more holistic, we listen more and, you know, we provide different alternatives, which is true. But it's not to say that all, it's not to say that all MDs are like that. I mean, all yeah, all deals are like that, but it's a good marketing uh, tool. So when you have when you have th this marketing tool, as, all right, how can I, you know, let the public feel that they should be just as comfortable with nurse practitioners and physician assistants, even though we know they have less training? Let me let me let me flip in and say, hey, you know what? If you want someone who's going to talk to you, guess who's going to do it? It's going to be a nurse practitioner and PA. That doctor, he's going to be in and out. Boom boom. You know, in our throat, like so. I think it's a very good marketing that doctors talk to you or don't look at you or do one of these things here, but the NPs and PAs don't. I think it's just good marketing more than anything else. Now, again, I I give it up to them, right? They don't got they got that marketing down pack, uh, but I think it is something that uh, you know we, we we definitely need to touch on for sure. Oh, uh, Doctor Keisha. Uh, oh, I'll make sure I get about that on TikTok. We gotta make sure, I gotta make sure. Uh, let me make sure I'm following you first. Right. Let me see. Um, uh, okay. uh, I'll make sure I follow you after. Uh, there are rules for a reason. We need to acknowledge that skull creep is becoming a let me see a real issue. Yes, and that I think that, and that's a whole nother discussion, right? When we talk about the mid-level providers. Because in their onus that they figure, hey, once I've done the work, right, become an NP, become a PA, and I've done it for a few years, hey, like, give me more responsibilities. Like, why do I, why do I, again, why do I need a supervisor to do this? Why do I need a supervisor to do that? And this is one thing that I've always gotten upset at my physician colleagues is that from a political standpoint, we are so bad. Like we don't, we don't lobby well, we don't put our money to the lobbying, but guess who does? The nurse practitioners, the PAs, which is the reason why a lot of them can do stuff, you know, unsupervised now, because they said, hey, like we don't need doctors to supervise us. We're good here, we're good here. So you now have this route where you have a nurse practitioner who was able to again, bypass medical school residencies, all of the boards, and now they can open up their own practice because their their body, their governing body, has lobbied enough to the point where they don't need physicians, even though historically it has always been that way. So scope creep is a big is a big issue, right? So again, and that's where, for example, um, so I know uh, Heather asked the question, "What is scope creep?" Think about the 
let's say gastroenterologist. Let's say you're a gastroenterologist. And as a gastroenterologist, there's certain people uh, who are able to do colonoscopies. But now let's say you're a nurse practitioner and you just got out of school and you know, you've been practicing, uh, let's say you, you your first job is with a gastroenterologist and you start saying, hey, you know what? I'm good with my hands. Like, why can't I do the, the, the colonoscopies? Right? Like, why can't I do it? So now you have to, now you start saying, hey, you know what? I don't need a gastroenterologist to do my colonoscopies. I'm going to do the colonoscopies myself. So now you're having certain, uh, you know, procedures, uh, certain rules, certain things that used to be like, no, you have to have this level of training. Now, again, because of lobbying, um, they're able to fight and pull away and tease away at that. So I think, uh, you know, Dr. Keisha says it best. And again, I, I need to make sure I'm following Dr. Keisha. All right, perfect. I got the follow. Um, I think Dr. Keisha says it best. Like it's, it's a definite concern um, as a physician. And, and again, and, and that's really where the discussion should be at. Why is the system allowing it to a point where you can have less training as it is, you can have less training and then still be able to do the things that if I like, if I wanted to do, if I wanted to be, uh, if I wanted to start doing colonoscopies tomorrow in the hospital, you know what my hospital would be like? They're like, not up here. Like, how many colonoscopies have you done? Like, nah, you gotta do blank, blank, blank. You gotta do a fair number of colonoscopies before we even sign off. Whereas you may have someone who they may be able to go to a school Right, that says, all right, yeah, you just do a whole bunch of colonoscopies. Hey, yep, I got signed off on them, now I can do it myself. So, uh, def definitely of concern for sure. Well, let's see here. Oh, perfect. Oh, let me see. So, this is the anesthesiologist isn't usually the one at the head of head during surgery, it's the CRNA. Right. So, again, and this is what I kind of mentioned when I talked about the best example um, the anesthesiologist, right, in terms of specialties who may be of concern, right, that, you know, being. A, a, a specialist, right? Being an anesthesiologist is not enough. Now, again, is that is that the fault of the CRNA? No, they're just doing what they need to do. Oh, my glass well. They're just doing what they need to do, right? They they see an opportunity. It pays very well. The hospitals see an opportunity because guess what? The price for a anesthesiologist. Uh, I'm just shooting a random number. Let's say it's three hundred thousand dollars. Let's say it's $300,000 annual salary for an anesthesiologist. But for a CRNA, let's say it's only 150. I don't know what they get paid, no matter. Which means that, hey, you know what? I can get two CRNAs for the price of one anesthesiologist. If you're a business, you start thinking like, hey, you know what? Do we even need anesthesiologists? So again, Right, but scope creep occurs, right? Because now the system says, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and pay these two people over here and replace you. You go find something else to do. Anesthesiologists who went to residency and medical school and back, like you go do that and pass all your boards. You go do something else. I'm going after the dollar bill. I'm going after the dollar bill because I know that now I'm going to save so much money, right? That I'm, again, I'm going to make billions a quarter. And then I'm going to have you anesthesiologists blaming the CRNA and not blaming tenant, not blaming HCA, not blaming Blue Cross and Blue Shield, not blaming Humana. Like that's, I mean, it's a dirty game that they got us, right? They really got us arguing over the pennies when the decisions that being made up top from a political standpoint, from a business standpoint, is re really causing all of this uh, issue there. Let's see. Um, da, da, da. Let's see. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, who is, uh, Garden says, who is doing the hiring, allowing to jump from specialty to specialty? Um, I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you're, I, I guess I'm assuming you're talking about NPs again. Um, who's doing that? I'm assuming, I'm assuming you're, t you're talking about businesses. Uh, and again, um, I think we might be talking in circles again. I already told you that if the business, if you're an NP, right? Cause I don't know if you're an NP. Sound like you're an NP. If you're the business says, Hey, I can get paid more for going to another specialty next year. Why wouldn't you do it? Right? Because nothing's blocking you from doing it. Why wouldn't you do it? You'd be crazy. 
You'd be crazy to do it. Just the same way where if, when during this pandemic, when you were an RN, and guess what? If I become a travel RN, you mean to tell me I can get paid twice as much, maybe three times as much for doing the same thing I'm doing? Guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna become, if you have ability, you're gonna become a travel RN, right? So I think it's just, um, I think it's just a business, right? And again, I, I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure if uh, Miss Angel, I don't, I don't know if uh, if if your if your concern, right, is that it's the position's fault that we're in the position that we're in. Um, but uh, <laughs> is it, trust me, you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to preach to me. I know that as physicians, we got to take some of this blame because, I, and I, that's why I kind of mentioned the fact that when it came to being on the political table, we were not there. When it came to looking for certain specialties, maybe looking out for their own personal gain and not really caring about other specialties, like that happened. Let's see. Let's see. So, oh, this is, oh, this, uh, this is, and this is a good one. Like, so I think uh, the more rural areas utilize NPs at a higher rate than the specialty areas of healthcare. Yeah, and and guess why? Because if you are a healthcare professional. Right, especially in physician, those rural areas might not pay you the amount of money that a big city pays you. So guess what these states do? These states say, hey, you know what? We can't even get doctors to come out to, to take care of our patients in our city. Guess what? We need some type of legislation to allow NPs to set up their own shop over there. Because if we don't, our patients are not going to get taken care of. But again, no one's blaming the NP for making the business decision no one's blaming the doctor for making a business decision. The question we got to be thinking about is how did it get to the point where that was a viable business decision? Why is it that medical school residency, all this, why is it that all of our costs to become a doctor cost so much money that we start making decisions like, you know what? I'm not going to do internal medicine. I'm not going to do pediatrics. I'm not going to do family medicine because it don't pay enough. And I got all of these student loans. Right. And again, because the nurse practitioners and PAs don't have to go to that much schooling, which means their route to become that position costs less. They don't have to like finances isn't that big of a barrier for them that it is for the doctors. Right. But again, we're not blaming the nurse practitioners and the doctors for making the business decision. We're blaming the system that has gotten to the point to that we had to make that business decision. Right. Like that's because that's really where it's at. <laughs> I see. Oh, see, uh, Doctor Keisha. For those that don't know, Doctor Keisha, I believe is a. Don't, don't kill me. I feel like you're. I think you're. I think you're triple board certified. Triple board certified pathologist. I believe she's triple. I believe she's maybe double, but I think it's triple. Triple board certified pathologist, right? When you want someone with less training, diagnosing and cancer, and that's really what it is. Like if you ask, and again, now now we're talking to the general public. If you ask the general public. Who would you rather stand at the head of the bed when I'm getting surgery? They're not going to say a nurse. Let's just be real. If you ask the general public, who would you rather looking at the slides to let me know whether I have cancer or not? They're not saying a nurse or a PA. Like we, we can be, I think we can be, I hope, I hope we can at least be honest about that. Y'all like, I hope we can at least be honest with that fact that you can't go and say, nah, I would much rather have a nurse practitioner be the one to say whether I have cancer or not and then decide my treatment. I would much have rather have a PA decide, you know, the, the type of uh, medicine I get when I'm going under for this heart surgery for my loved one. Like, if you ask the general public, y'all know what the answer is. And this is sometimes where it becomes disingenuous is that people will be acting like the general public would whole humbly say, like, nah, nah, nah. Nurse practitioner, PA versus doctor, no difference. Like, like that is where that that's where it's like, all right, come on, guys. Like, we're not even being we're not even being genuine right now. Because y'all know what the answer is. Y'all don't have to say it in the comments, right? But y'all know what the answer is. Y'all know if you ask your your loved ones, hey, who do you want to diagnose me with cancer? And if I tell you, yeah, it's this nurse who uh, went to school in Florida. You already know how the Florida nurses are now. Went to school in Florida. And by the way, and then, you know, 
They rounded at a couple of docks around the, the Palmish County area. And then they did another schooling. They become an MP. They pass the boards. Now, I'd rather have that person diagnosed with cancer uh, than the person who went to undergrad, medical school, residency, multiple boards. Like, like let's be real. Like, yeah, like, we don't have to do that. But again, that's how they get us, right? Because they get us having to argue those type of semantics. Like, it's not Aetna, Blue Cross, Right. It's not the state of Florida, the state of New York, the state of Texas. It's not like the, the politics. It's not those people um, who are uh, really driving uh, these decisions here. Uh, oh, someone. Oh, let me oh, shout out to Dr. Sharon. Let me. And if you're a doc on here, please, you know, please let me know, because I like I always follow docs on here. Dr. Sharon Smith says NP can be online uh, with 500 hours of training. Lordy. Ah, now again, if you, again, if, if you, if someone told you that your doctor and, and again, oh, in fact, this is, I, I love this example, right? Because of COVID, because of COVID, I had a lot of medical students who did not have the ability to round at hospitals. I have a lot of medical students who did not have the ability to do the type of clinical work that they were used to doing. Do you know what the general public started saying? Oh, I don't want no doctor who ain't seen nobody. I ain't want no doctor who didn't touch nobody. Like, that was the general public saying, oh, those doctors? I don't know about that. Like, that's what they were saying. So, when, so again, this is just again, one of those instances. And again, uh, oh, I love that, Dr. Sherry. So, Dr. Sherry says, I have done over 16,000 hours of training residency. Like, like it, it's, we should not be having discussion on who would you rather have in regards to Dr. Chair, especially that should not like, if we're being genuine, that should, that is not a discussion that we should be having, <laughs> right? Like it just is what it is that when, when you have, when you have us fighting over the, the, the scraps that the systems, the hospitals and everyone else has left over us, this is how we get into these debates where you get, you may have a nurse practitioner talking about how the internists are like at the bottom of the totem pole as if they are above that totem pole. Like that, I think that was what was more funny to me than anything else. Right? Like I'm listening to a person who is talking about my specialty being at the bottom of the totem pole as if they're above me on that totem pole. Like that, like that was just like too comical uh, more, more than anything else. Let's see. So you got any more? Oh, the, I wish you go live. I wish I mean we could definitely because I've already been talking for hours, so we probably won't do it tonight. But I don't, again, I would love to have a conversation. Like I said, and I hate uh, that um, that nurse practitioner who made that um, video. Like her account's gone. Like I said, I hope hopefully she just temporarily deactivated. I would love to have a conversation with her, right? I, I, and again, honestly, I'm pretty sure I already know what she's feeling because when you know, it, it, it's not like. You can just, it's not like she was live when she said it. She saw the comment, press record, talk what she needed to talk, probably threw some captions on it and press, you know, uh, put a little caption at the end. So, she, you know, there's a lot of steps to get to the point where that video comes out. So we kind of know what she's feeling. But again, I, yeah, I, I love that this conversation because again, it is something that um, I, I think is important <laughs> for sure. Uh, oh, Garden Angel, let me see. So, so, and now, now, honestly, now this is more of a, you know, do you realize that people are losing faith in the healthcare system and are coming uh, here for help? I'm not sure where here is, um, but again, there's a lot of reasons why they may be losing faith, but it ain't, it ain't, trust me, it ain't because uh, doctors and nurse practitioners and PAs, right? There's a lot of different reasons uh, why they may be losing some faith. Lots of different reasons, uh, you know, to go in that, that aspect there. Um, for sure. Right. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely, again, yeah, you know, before, yeah, before I end this, like I want, I want folks to know, all right. This is not, this is not how Dr. Barry hates NPs. Cause again, Dr. Barry, uh, not only loves NPs, he trains with NPs. He works with NPs. We love them. Right. But, but what do we want you to do? And again, it's not all y'all. It's not all y'all. But it's the ones that do it. Like, don't, don't do that. Like, don't, 
you know, don't step over a line where you start feeling yourself to a point where you kind of forget like your purpose, right? Like, don't do that. That's all we're asking for. Like, again, doctors and PCPAs, we got our own issues we got to deal with within our family. And again, don't let the public in our business. Don't let the public, don't, don't be telling family business out on this social media, right? And then having us having to like battle for it, right? You're like, don't do that. <laughs> I read it up. Oh yeah, so uh, Angel, Angel, I'm not gonna. You know, I, I, Angel, I apologize if you've had because it sounds like it sounds like you've had very bad experiences um, with the healthcare system. Um, I feel your pain. I acknowledge, right, that a lot of people have had bad experiences. Um, I hope that doesn't deter you away to the point where you know you allow things that may um, fester, may grow, may become an issue later on down the line. Um, you know, don't don't run away from us, like. We acknowledge we got our issues, got our concerns, uh, but we're going to get that taken care of. Right. So again, I am about to hop off of here. The live will be posted on our YouTube page tomorrow. Hope, along, as long as TikTok doesn't play again, um, we'll be posted on our TikTok page tomorrow. I mean, on our YouTube page tomorrow. Make sure you follow me on TikTok. Make sure you, you, you subscribe to the YouTube page. Link is in the bio. Um, like I said, a very great discussion tonight. Very great discussion. Um, so y'all be blessed. Y'all have a great evening. And just remember, right, like we love our mid-level providers as a doctor. We love our mid-level providers. Um, but y'all don't, again, y'all don't, to, to elevate yourself, you don't have to shit on us. Like, like if I could end it there, you don't have to do that. So y'all be blessed. <laughs> y'all have a good one. Bye.